Bridge of the Science podcast with your girl and Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Root of the Sands podcast with your girl and with an E. If you are new here, it's always such a pleasure to welcome new guests here. You are so welcome. I hope you stay. And to the loyal listeners who keep on coming and make this show what it is, thank you so much for tuning into another episode. Always a reminder that you can listen to this episode on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Google, and wherever else you listen to your podcasts, remember that you can click the notification button so that you know when a new episode goes live and you're the first person to know. Also, you can follow the podcast on the following social medias at the root of the side pod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can follow us on Facebook and LinkedIn with the handle the root of the science podcast so make sure that you do do that and you are well informed the last time I mentioned that if you think you should be on the show please make sure you drop me an email or send me a dm and I'm so excited because people listened and I have to say those are my favorite types of emails or dms so if you or you know somebody who you think I should chat to and you think you know should be on the show please do not be shy to send me a message a dm or an email I would really really love to have somebody new on the show and also a reminder that you can support the show by clicking on the support the show link right there in the show notes. You can do that and you can contribute any small amount. And honestly, it goes such a long way. And thank you to every single one of you who does support the show. It's it's honestly so amazing from the big amounts to the small amounts. It really, really goes a long way. Now, let's get into today's episode. My guest today is Amkelani Maluleke. He is from South Africa and he is doing a PhD in botany and zoology at the University of Stellenbosch, also in South Africa. In this episode, we chat about his love of photography and how it marries beautifully into the research work that he does. He tells us about this work, which is on ecosystem scale, carbon dioxide, water, and energy exchange. We learn about this important work, the root of his science, and of course, so much more. Let's take a listen. Hi, Amukilani. Welcome to the show. Hi, hi. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. It is such a pleasure to have you on. So first things first, who is Amukilani? Where are you from? Where are you currently based? And just briefly, what do you do? So my name is Amukilani Leke. I was born in the vibrant township of Soweto. I've lived here all my life and I'm currently a PhD student registered with Stellenbosch University and I'm funded by the Extended Freshwater and Terrestrial Environmental Observation Network, uh, that is FTON. So this is where I use the research infrastructure to study the exchange of carbon dioxide, water and energy exchange between the atmosphere and 
two vacation types representing the savannah and namakaru pardons of south africa fantastic great so we're going to get into everything that you do regarding your research and your science um but away from your science yeah. let's get to know you a little bit you said that you are a hobbyist photographer and you spend a lot of time uh, learning how to better this craft so um what type of photography are you into specifically uh i <laughs> I caught this photography bug in 2017. Uh, so, and then that, that kind of led me to buy my first camera. So my okay. interests, interests have largely been in landscape, wildlife and street photography as I've been learning my craft. But uh, I've been quite fortunate that uh, with the work I do, it allows me time to spend in nature reserves where I get the chance to photograph some wildlife. And I feel mm. like this is kind of the field that I'm more passionate about than these others. So yeah, wildlife for now. And we'll see how this changes as I maybe gain some other interest in the future. Yeah, no, of course. But I mean, mm. the fact that you've bought a camera, I think that solidifies you more <laughs> than just a hobby. Because uh, I thought you were going around with your iPhone and taking no, photos. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've bought a camera, I've bought lenses. What? So this is quite an investment that yes. I'm doing in this. <laughs> it's actually like where I spend much of my money. <laughs> no, definitely, because I've heard that uh, photography is not cheap. Yeah, it, it, it really isn't. So I've like much of my savings is is me buying lenses or buying mm. some kits that are just going to help me improve my craft. Oh. So I'm, I'm, I'm taking it quite seriously and maybe I should actually get rid of this hobbyist tag mm. and, and call myself a photographer quite soon. <laughs> I, I think we can start now. So I'm going to say you are a photographer. <laughs> Not a hobbyist Done. because... Done. No, no, no. We need to cross that out. You are uh, a photographer. Exactly. Um, yeah. I liked what you said that you, because of, you know, your your area of study, you get to actually mm -hmm. apply um, your love of photography um, and, exactly. you know, your, 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 your interest in terms of research. So that's such a beautiful synergy mm. that wherever you go, you're it out is. here um, it balancing is. it out. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, I've, 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 I've had a lot of uh, field work over yeah. the past or five years or so. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we work in areas like the Kruger National Park. My study sites are in the Benfontein Nature Reserve in Kimberley. Mm -hmm. So you, you get a, a wide range of environments and animals that um, exist in its habitats. So it is really wonderful that whenever I'm here, whenever I'm heading out, I take my camera along and during like the drive down to the sites, just get to stop anywhere and, 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 and take photos of stuff that I love. So I'm, I'm really quite fortunate as I like, go through this PhD and any other field work that I'm uh, taking part in. Mm. So I'm quite happy, actually. That's so cool. And I hope with somebody who's listening, who maybe might be like, oh, no, but I, I love science and I also love photography, that you, they can be a beautiful marriage. Yeah. And you are an example Definitely. of that.
Definitely. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm saying like people who often say, ah, oh, um, we're always out having fun. And I'm like, no, 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 it's not having fun. It's it's having fun and working. So <laughs> it's a nice mix of, of the two. Oh, man, exactly. that's so cool, man. Yeah. See how great science is. Yeah. You get to travel for free. It is. And you get to, uh-huh. to take pictures and you get to do your research, man. <laughs> like the best of both worlds. Exactly. Yeah, I like the... The for free part. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely the best uh, part. Okay, so um, exactly. Amu, can I call you Amu? Yes, yes, okay. yes, sure. So, um, you okay? You, we we spoke about you know your love for nature and your love photography. So let's take it mm. all the way to the beginning. Now, did 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 you always you know when you were a young boy in Soweto, was this something that you thought okay I'm gonna become a scientist and I'm gonna be out in sure. in the environment? How did you end up here? Mm. I mean, I'll I'll be honest with you. As a child growing up, I didn't know much beyond being a medical doctor. Mm. I mean, being a doctor is held in high, like it's quite held held high in society. And once you start getting decent marks in school, it kind of automatically becomes a praise tag that you get from your family members. Yeah. Like you, you will become a doctor one day. Yeah. Exactly right. So I, I think I wore this tag for much of my childhood until I got to the latest stages of high school. So this is where my eyes kind of opened up a bit to what else was possible. Yeah. Although I, I I would kind of admit that I still had not made up my mind about anything at this point. So I, I knew that I was at least comfortable with science subjects. I enjoyed them more than uh, the others. So I kind of chose them in grade 10 and eventually got through my grade 12. So at the back of my mind, I, I still didn't, didn't know much about which career path I would take when I got to university. But for, for safety, I, I kind of applied for geology, okay. mechanical engineering, and law. Yeah. So that kind of tells you my my, my confusion <laughs> at that point. That's very broad. So I, I, <laughs> exactly. So I got to events, and yeah, that was what I had applied. I, I ended up choosing geology. Mm-hmm. But I was placed on the waiting list. So I was kind of like, hey, waiting list. No, no, no. I, I just need something that is concrete that I'm, that I'm sure that I'm just going to get in. Mm. So I eventually opted for geography and archaeological sciences. And I carried these majors until I graduated. So I did a bit of biology and chemistry too along the way. Yeah. So at the point of postgrad, I, I went with geography because I kind of built up some interest in GIS and remote sensing, as well as atmospheric sciences. Mm-hmm. So my postgraduate studies were kind of mixed within these two. So I then got to be a, a, an intern at the CSIR in Pretoria, mm-hmm. where I then got in, introduced to uh, AD covariance and this ecosystem scale kind of ecology. And yeah, that's really where then my PhD kind of kicked off. And it's, it's been quite a learning experience. Mm. So I, I think I, I'll still get to be a doctor. So my <laughs> parents can relax at least. There. <laughs> <laughs> they can still be happy. They'll have a doctor in the family. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just not the one to call when somebody's having uh, 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 some health issues. But Oksala, you're still a doctor. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in the mix. <laughs> I also realized that what you said in the beginning about how you got into this field, you said that when you started, you were just picking um, subjects, which, and it's, it's funny, but it's a, it's a tale that many young people, when they get to varsity, Mm -hmm. 
like mm. okay i don't know this but this sounds cool i have the marks so exactly. maybe yep. i can yep. i can do it and then and then like because there's some things where like you said the waiting list and you're like no 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 i mm. i need something mm. that's concrete i don't know what it is mm. but at least they're gonna mm-hmm. take me and <laughs> mm. and exactly. And and it's quite interesting how your journey might start at one particular place and here you are doing something that you never dreamed of. And I assume you enjoy what you're doing, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I think everything kind of came together when I got to the CSIR. That's where mm-hmm. then I was exposed to like how actually science is conducted. So you get to be with principal researchers doing their stuff. You have a mentor as well who's guiding you through all the stuff that's happening in the work group. And there was also an opportunity at that point where there was this uh, DAD scholarship that was uh, available. Mm-hmm. So that kind of said, if I was to then get into my PhD, I would get a one-year stay in Germany. Wow. So that that sounded like very interesting for me. So I, I went on with it. I was in Germany last year, mm-hmm. the whole of last year. I was visiting uh, an institute in, in, mm-hmm. in Braunschweig that is doing all this edicovirian stuff. And my other supervisor is actually based there. So I kind of got the time then to spend time with him and go through my data analysis and like writing up of, of some of my uh, chapters of my PhD. Mm. So that was really like quite a, a big plus for me that I got to spend time in in, in, in Germany. Mm. And CSIR kind of made possible for, for me to eventually get to where I think now I'm clearer in, 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 in my journey in the science. Mm, that's amazing. And look again, here you are traveling for free. <laughs> I, exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, wow. Uh, and it's great that you said that that internship was so pivotal to kind of, sometimes was. I think when we are studying, right, we do things, we, especially in undergrad, we are studying for the purpose mm-hmm. of passing and, you know, exactly. moving on. You don't quite know where you where you're gonna end up because sometimes you just do these degrees and then there's modules exactly and then then i graduate but it's it's quite cool that you had that opportunity for that internship to see like oh this is where Mm -hmm. my life can actually lead to and if i continue this is where it can also further lead to like being a principal investigator and you know traveling and mentoring other students so um i i like the fact that you had that opportunity to to sort of of, um, have a preview of where your life could be in the science journey and figure yourself out a little bit. Definitely. Definitely. I, 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 I always say during that period, it, it really was an eye opener and, and yeah, it, it, it kind of just laid the foundation to what is possible and how I then can place myself in that path and just put in the work and see things unfold. Fantastic. Well, we are excited to see where you end up. So right now you are a PhD student, like you mentioned, in botany and zoology, which focuses on ecosystem scale carbon dioxide, water and energy exchange between the atmosphere and the terrestrial biosphere. So for somebody like me who has no great idea what all of this means, can you give us an overview of what this project is about and why is it so important? So I would say in the greater context of things, 
we are under the reality of climate change. We are faced with the challenge of reducing carbon emissions and we have set these uh, wonderful targets of reaching net zero emissions by 2050 under the Paris Agreement. So while this mm-hmm. is largely the responsibility of industry to kind of decarbonize, the, there's a, a an important role that ecosystems play in, 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 in carbon uptake. So we use the AD covalence method, which measures high frequency exchanges of carbon, water, and energy. Uh, so these kind of help us to understand how these patterns are kind of driven by uh, temperature, rainfall, and incoming solar radiation, soil moisture. So like all these uh, drivers and how they then get to impact uh, the patterns of exchange in, in uh, the savanna and the Namakaru biomes. So we then get to quantify uh, common sinks as well as understand their strengths and vulnerabilities under the constant threats of climate change as well as land cover change. So better understanding our ecosystems kind of help us to uh, <laughs> have informed mitigation efforts and more importantly invest resources where they are much needed yeah so we are essentially measuring the breath of ecosystems so how they breathe in and how they breathe out and how then that's driven by uh, the elements and then we then quantify how much co2 is getting into our systems and how much is being released and getting an understanding of how much then these ecosystems can help us understand uh, whether how they contribute to carbon exchange will actually get us to meet our targets. And yeah, that's just where I am focused and in, in, in the broad scheme of things, just measuring how our plants are exchanging carbon dioxide, water and energy with the atmosphere. Mm. Wow, that's so... That's so interesting. I didn't even know that you could do something like that. Um, I I don't know. (laughs) Out of curiosity, I don't know if you can answer this, but um, with the type of research and the work that you guys, you and the others who are in your field are doing, Mm -hmm. does it look like we are going to be able to meet um, those targets that have been set out? Ah, I mean, it's, it's, it's good to remain optimistic. And uh, mm-hmm. I think with the kind of work that we are doing, it, it's all towards a greater effort of keeping the earth a habitable place. But there are yeah. some big, big decisions that need to be made and some things take time. But uh, I don't think we really should be having any negative outlook given that this is an earth like the earth that we all love and whilst yes. it is quite a complex situation to reach these targets but i think facing the kind of threats that we are seeing in the world at the moment uh, sooner or later we will all have to admit that there's an, a, a change that's needed and decisions need to be made so we are all mm-hmm. hopeful that this all happens before we are in a disaster that we can't actually turn back from yeah, and I think that's why, obviously, the work that you do and, you know, the other people who are doing this type of work is important because um, it kind of gives us the warning signs to be like, this exactly. is what's kind of happening. And like you said, that mm-hmm. then we can make the adjustments. Of course, this is bigger than all of us because it goes into policy and um, politics. And, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. I think that's where it comes in, like being as a scientist, you're like, we have the evidence, but then it's... it's yeah. <laughs> 
yeah, yeah. So it's 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 I think giving platforms like yours that can kind of reach out to to people and and kind of spread the message that you know what we really need to be changing our economies, our lifestyles, mm. and kind of align them with 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 all the global efforts towards combating climate change. So we can write articles, we can speak to industry, we have the more the message is kind of part and parcel of how we live our day-to-day lives. That's yeah. that's really where we we are much more in a positive like state where we can affect the changes that we actually need to affect. Mm. No, th- that's so true. And I think also sometimes we can see the effects already, like visibly in our own day-to-day yeah. lives. Yeah. So yeah. Um, no, kudos to you and the work that you are doing. I hope... <laughs> Like you said, we are going to be positive and optimistic. That, um, something, something gives and something changes, and you know they can be a best way forward in going ahead with all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, Amu, thank you so much for sharing about your research and sharing about your life so far. As we are wrapping up, I wanted to ask, do you, given your own journey so far, of course, you are still in the beginning of many great things i assume but um what advice would you have some to somebody who's listening and who's inspired about stem as a whole or just in in general life i think over and above being brilliant and studying smart or hard being dedicated and focused we just need to have confidence especially as young black boys and girls we should not be afraid to make mistakes or even admit that there are things that we don't know I think once we are comfortable with this, our journey of learning will be an honest one. And yeah, we, we just need to be in an, in an honest state that will kind of allow us the opportunity of then exploring all that's out there rather than closing us off in a corner and, and thinking that we are not capable. I think we may, we may not know, but yeah, the capability and confidence is, is something that's within us and we just need to go out there. Wow, that's such powerful words. Thank you. Thank you for that. I needed to hear that. And I hope um, somebody else uh, needs to get gets to hear that. Yeah, there's so much power in being confident mm-hmm. in who we are as yep. individuals. And we can exactly. we can exactly. soar when you have that type of confidence. And exactly. yeah, no, thank you so much for talking to me today. I had such a great time chatting with you. Yeah, no, no. Thank you. Thank you for arranging this. I am really grateful for the opportunity of talking about myself a bit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, great. And to everybody else who's tuned in, thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Root of the Science podcast with your girl and with an E. Until next time, goodbye. (laughs) 